0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot.
1: Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to the book of Lamentations chapter 3. I want you to look with me now in Lamentations chapter 3, if you're having trouble finding it right after Jeremiah, right before the book of Ezekiel. And I'm going to read beginning in verses number 18 through 23. And the message today is entitled, Starting Over. And I want you to think about that. Take it to heart today. I've got some scriptures that I need to add to your bulletin that uh, I did not get on there before the printing. And there's one misspelled uh, miss, uh, spelled, uh Text that I'm not going to be using, actually, it's uh, Lamentations 3.23, not 2.23, and we'll get to that point here in just a little bit. But I want you to use your bulletins today because uh, I've got some very important things that I want to share with you. I think, I believe that they can reach your heart, they can change your attitude, they can uh, reach your spirit, they can lift you up and encourage you. I want you to look at this passage of Scripture Jeremiah is writing, I think, with incredible burdens on his heart. By the way, just something little uh, about Jeremiah, the prophet, and all of his ministry. It's not recorded in the Scripture one time where he ever had a convert. Spent a lot of his time in prison for preaching the gospel. What an incredible man this, this was, and I want you to feel the passion of his heart and soul as we read these words. He said, and I I said my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. When, When I read the story about Jeremiah and I understand a little bit about his life, I'm somewhat reminded about John the Baptist who had probably one of the greatest privileges of all humanity i think other than simon of serene it's it's my opinion it's my my passion
0: that perhaps the greatest the greatest gift to a man on the earth was given to simon of serene when he was compelled to bear the cross of Jesus. But I think probably the next most overwhelming gift that God gave a man on the earth was to have had the
1: privilege of baptizing Jesus, John the Baptist. Can you imagine? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of
0: the world. Step back, here he is. And John baptizing him.
1: When I think of John the Baptist in prison for his preaching, I don't know why, but I'm just oftentimes compelled to reflect on Jeremiah the weeping prophet as well. And he says these words, he says, and I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in
0: me. Now he changes it. Because in verse number 18, he said, my hope has
1: perished from the Lord. But here in verse number 21, he says, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. I think probably the greatest thing, and not probably, that's a bad choice of words, but I think, I believe with all of my heart that the worst thing that could happen to a human being on this earth is to lose their soul.
0: What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? But I
1: think probably the, the second greatest thing that a person could lose on this earth is hope. I wonder last night how many people on this planet thought about jumping off of a bridge because they felt like they had no hope. I wonder how many people last night drank themselves in a drunken stupor because they felt like they had no hope. I I wonder how many people left their homes and left their families And just decided to disappear on the face of the earth because they felt like they had no hope. You can lose a lot of things, but when you lose hope, it's the epitome, it's the the bottom of the barrel. But the prophet says here, he says, I have hope. All of us this morning in the house of God, all of us have hope. Everybody watching today on the internet, you have hope. He said, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Can somebody say amen? Amen. You think about that. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I wonder how many times have you ever been involved in a very simple project at home something that captivated your interest, I mean, on a small scale, and you really wanted to engage some time, devote some time to a project of something, and you you had your heart set on it. Maybe perhaps you were flipping through a magazine and you said, oh, that would look good in my kitchen or that would look good in my living room or that would look good in my den. And you went and you got all the, Pieces to that puzzle, and you began to assemble it and and right in the middle of it, you you had the thought it looked good in the magazine it doesn't look as good right here in my house as it does. Why doesn't it look that good and you got a little frustrated with it, and you decided to change things altogether again. It just didn't look right in your place, and so. You wanted to start it all over again. Maybe I don't know how many of you have wallpaper in your house. Wallpaper is a pretty difficult thing to work with if you've never done it before. I mean, it's a pretty frustrating thing if you want to take it down. Can, can I have a witness to that? I mean, you think about you 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 set your heart on it and then all of a sudden you got a crooked place here. Well, it's not easy to fix. Maybe you were going to paint the wall, and you decided right in the middle of it, this is not working. I don't like that color. Or maybe you were in a baking project. Uh, I let, Some of you made me some good stuff over the holidays, and my wife told me, she said, you know, January 1st, we're going to stop eating this stuff. <laughs> And I, I uh, you know, I'm thinking, Brother David, where's he at? He's he's done a marvelous job. He's lost twenty pounds, hasn't he? Thirty? Let's give that guy a half. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen to me. <laughs> I wish it would. But you you're in the middle of a baking project and all of a sudden you get halfway through and you've realized you use Salt, not sugar. That changes things a lot. You want to start all over. Some of you might have experienced something like this, that you got out of the bed in the morning and the first thing that happened to you, you hit your toe on the bedpost. And you begin to do the dance and you begin to think these things and that's how your day starts out. Nothing seemed to be, yeah, somebody had been there. Nothing seems to be going right. And then as the day begins to progress, it just seemed like everything just got a little worse. And the more you tried, the worse it got. By noon, you were in tears. Then by dinner time, you were thinking things that you should not be thinking. And then by the 10 o'clock news, you were saying things that a Christian ought not to say and you just wanted to start the day over again, God, let tomorrow be a different day. I mean, each and every one of us have had days like that, things that have frustrated us. But then there are things and days where they are more complex, more complicated. I'm talking about when things seem to exceed the daily grind, when things become much more worse than just having a typical bad day that we all have. Maybe perhaps after Christmas and now you're fretting because all of the the bills are starting to come in, the credit cards are coming in all at one time, and all of a sudden you realize that everything is out of reach, and you fret bill collectors calling, or maybe you fret repossessions starting to happen, and then the stress and the anxieties start compiling themselves in your life, and in panic you step back. With all of the the horrific fear and feelings that you have, and you wonder how in the world did things get like this, and with a heavy heart, you wish that you could just turn the clock back on time and start all over again,
0: then perhaps you found yourself standing in the valley of ultimate sorrows where out of nowhere a spouse decides to leave
1: or a loved one unexpectedly dies. A daughter becomes pregnant and a son goes to jail. And you just wanted to pull the shades on life and crawl into a hole and in tears and desperation you found yourself begging God for a better day, a brighter day, a new season in life. I think all of us have experienced and done things in our lives where we have wished a thousand times over that we could just erase our past and our current situation and start all over again. I think probably I'm talking to somebody here today besides myself. By the way, people in the Bible found themselves in those kind of predicaments as well. In Psalms chapter 51, David exposed himself wide open as he prayed, search me, O God, see if there be any wicked way in me, wash me and I shall be clean. He was saying, "Oh God, give me another chance. Samson, we read the story in the scripture after his fall, now he's standing in the midst of mockery His eyes gorged out of his head, pus running down the cheeks of his face, speaking to a little boy, blind, he's saying to this child, lead me to the pillars that hold this place up. And I can see him, the man that took the jawbone of an ass and killed hundreds of people in one single battle. And now he's saying, take me, he's blind, he's saying, lead me to the posts that hold this place up and he places his hands upon those pillars, and he lifts his head up towards heaven, blind and wretched and broken and frail, and he begins to say, Oh God, one more time, would you touch me one more time? Give me a second chance, God. And I see that man broken with his hands beginning to tremble, and God Almighty at the throne of heaven begins to resound the power and the strength in his hands as he begs God for one more chance. Then I'm reminded and I think about Jonah in the belly of the whale and how he's there and he's crying out in the midst of his sorrow, God, I'll go, I'll go, get me out of this mess and I'll go. I'm reminded of Simon Peter who was warming his hands over the fire and the scripture says he was weeping bitterly. I can see him now as tears are running down his cheek and as he recalls the words of Jesus, before this night is over, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. I can see Peter weeping bitterly over the fire, thinking in his mind, Oh, God in heaven, sweet Jesus in your precious name. I'm sorry. I beg of you to give me another chance. I can see now without a doubt, as I think about this passage before us today, that all of us would love to have a second chance, a time, a period, an opportunity where we could start over and live our lives all over again. And the good news is, God is extending an opportunity to every person in this building today to do just that. All of you that are watching by internet, please listen to this preacher today. God is extending an opportunity right now for you as well. You see, second chances and starting over is a wonderful aspect of God's amazing grace. And we can praise him today because, thank God, he is the God of second chances. He's the God of reconciliation. He's the God of restoration. He's the God of remaking things. In fact, at this very moment, he's extending second chances and other opportunities to the lost this morning. The lost, listen carefully now, every lost person on this planet has another opportunity as of yesterday and today, if they're still alive on this Earth, every lost person on this planet has another opportunity to be saved today. I want you to look again with me at Lamentations 3:23. The word says that his mercies, they are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. And the word says that his mercies are new. All the time, not just sometimes, but all the time. And the awesome thing about this particular verse is this. The Bible is teaching us that God is not in the business of serving us leftovers. With every new day, there are brand new opportunities. And in most of our lives, you think about this, there is a tormenting past. A tormenting past, maybe perhaps something happened in childhood. Or maybe it was in the wild teenage years of our lives. Or maybe it was in the young adult years of our lives. And then some of us, you think about it right now, some of us have experienced sorrows and brokenness in the late stages of our life. But I'm 100% convinced that there are people in here today, there are people that are watching right now that desire more than anything to have their slate wiped clean and to have your heart and your mind set free from the shackles and pain of yesterday. If you have ever wanted to have a brand new beginning in your life, then according to the Bible, you can start over today and not procrastinated. You can start over today. Now, I know that somebody might think, well, pastor, it's not just that easy. You don't know much about me, but I want you to think about this. For starters, God has seen fit to give everybody in this house of God today a brand new year. That means that he's given all of us a new opportunity To let go of things in our past. To let go of it. And And the apostle Paul, he encouraged us to do this. In Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13, this is what he said. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now, here's the admonition today. Don't let the opportunity of a brand new you, a brand new day pass you by. Don't do that. If you're saved and you feel that you are in a serious mess... And you've made some serious mistakes, made some terrible decisions, and you've excluded God from being first in your life. Come to his mercy today. God knows how to clean up a mess. We know how to make one, but God knows how to clean it all up. Somebody say amen. Isaiah said it like this in chapter 1, verse number 18. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Let me put it in a simple context for you today. There's several conditions of starting over, having your slate wiped clean. Stepping out on a second chance with God. First of all, number one, you have to be alive. That's simple, but it's very, very true. You see, you cannot be dead to have a second chance. You cannot be dead to start over. Every single person in
0: here today qualifies for that. When you think about the flip side of that simple statement,
1: there are multitudes of billions upon billions of people today who are dead, who do not have another opportunity to have another chance to correct anything in their life. Their opportunities are gone forever. There are countless of people, listen now, there are countless numbers of people in hell today that would give anything, For another chance. How many people do you think are in hell right now that would beg God for another five seconds on this earth? that would beg God, if you'd let me go back to that soul winner's words just one more time, if you'd let me hear that preacher give that invitation just one more time, I'd step out and come. If you'd just give me another opportunity to hear those words just as I am. God, if you give me another 30 seconds, I would give my heart to How many people are screaming today in hell, begging God for another five seconds? But you see, their day of opportunity is over. It will never come their way again. But I also believe this, that there are multitudes of people in heaven today. When they crossed the swelling tide and they stepped into the portals of glory and they looked into the face of the King of kings and the Lord of lords for the very first time, Just as there are millions and billions of people in hell screaming out for a second chance today, I believe heaven is full of people that would beg God, if I could have just another chance, oh God in heaven, I'd serve you more. I wouldn't take your name in vain. I would do all I can to sow the seed. God, I just wish I had another opportunity. I've seen you face to face and I realize how much I didn't do that I could
0: have done. But like as the lost, second chances
1: will never come to those in heaven either. Only what we do on this earth for Christ will last. Starting over is a merciful benefit of God given to people who are still alive today. The second qualification of starting over is this. And this is where a lot of us fall short. But we have to be willing to show the same mercy to others that God shows and extends to us. In Matthew chapter 18, verse number 21, I want you to patiently read with me through verse number 35. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest." And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that what was done, they were sore, or they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespass. Now this is a critical point today. Listen very carefully. In starting over, you not only have to have God's forgiveness and have to forgive yourself, but you've got to be willing to forgive others as well. And so I want to encourage you, all of you this morning, make this brand new year ahead to be a year that you're filled with the love of God and the earnest desire to forgive. Not hold grudges, but to
0: forgive. Number three, the Spirit of God must still be working in your life.
1: In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, this is a sordid story. It's, it's depressing really to even read. But it's in the word of God and all scriptures given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Paul records these words. It's reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he hath done this deed, might be taken away from among you. For I verily as absent in the body, but present in spirit have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done or so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit, With the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, here is the thing we we can say no to God so many times and live in such open, immoral sin where there is preaching, where there is teaching, where there is Holy Spirit conviction. And we say time and time and time again, no to God, no to the Lord Jesus. And we say no, 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 no to the Holy Spirit of God. And finally, God's long, he's long suffering, but there's a cutting off point. There's a time and a place where he will say that's enough. And where he will put you on a shelf. And this is a terrible thing.
0: You think about it just for a moment. It's a terrible thing for the Holy Spirit of God to
1: withdraw his moving and his conviction upon your life. As long as the Holy Spirit has liberty to bring conviction into our lives, then God desires to work with us. As long as we are willing to listen, as long as, listen, doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, Sometimes it's a stop and go thing with us. Sometimes we we get it right, and we wake up in the morning, and we're singing his praises, and we're reading the scriptures. We're thinking on the good things, as Paul says in Philippians 4. Sometimes we get it right, but then sometimes we get it wrong. But then maybe the next day we get it right. Listen, the Spirit of God, as he keeps moving and working in our hearts, we keep our Ears open and our heart open, and He continues to pull us. We might get it wrong a step or two here, and then we might get it right a step or two here. But the problem is when we say no to the Holy Spirit, we say, No, I'm not going to change, and we refuse. Listen, it's a wonderful thing if you have chastisement in your life because it's a sign that God is working with you and that you are a child of God. Woe be it if you can live life and you can get into open sin, you can do these things and not have the spirit of.
0: God speaking to you. That's a terrible thing. Number four,
1: we've got to be willing to take advantage of the opportunities that God has set before us today. Here's the point. Never procrastinate the graciousness of God. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse number one, The writer of scripture says boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. There is a man in the scriptures you can read it in Acts chapter twenty six, twenty eight, Felix told the apostle Paul, he said, I want you to come back with this message, this story. I'm interested, but I want you to come back at a more convenient time. I got too many meetings. I got to be at so many places. I've got to do this and this. This is not really convenient, but hey, I'm listening. I'm interested. And he told Paul to come back at a more convenient time. King Agrippa said to Paul, almost thou, pers- can you imagine being in hell right now today with the words almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian swirling around your ever eternal
0: lost soul? Think about it. But the truth of the matter is this. Some of us, and God forbid, but some of us, with a medical problem, we could be brain dead tomorrow.
1: The truth of the matter is that none of us are given the promise to see the sunset tonight or the sunrise tomorrow. And let me encourage all of us to take advantage of the present opportunities that God has set before us today. Be vigilant, be sober. And here's the thing when it comes to second chances and second opportunities, the devil may have you believing right now because he's a thief, he's a liar, he's a murderer. The devil may have somebody right now, you're saying, preacher, I'm interested in this thing of second chances. Man, I've really messed up in my life. And I'm interested. I hear what you say. It would be so nice for me to lay my head on the pillow tonight and believe with all of my heart that burdens are lifted at Calvary and that the chains of sin has been broken, it would be wonderful if I could go to sleep tonight with the peace of God that passeth all understanding. But it's just not possible because every time I turn around, the devil is coming and reminding me of what I did, what I've done, what I said, and it's almost as though that he constantly is throwing up My wild, wicked days of my past before me and the devil's got me thinking, preacher, that I have crossed the line and that I have no hope. That there's no possible way for me to have a new beginning. Well, listen carefully. He might have you believing that your life is so messed up right now and you have these feelings of what's the use. Why should I invest an effort. Why should I care? I have lost all hope, but I want to give you something encouraging this morning. You might be saying, yes, pastor, I want more than anything than to start over. I want, I want to put those things that collapsed my spirit, my family, my home, My integrity. I want more than anything to put those things in the sea of God's forgetfulness. There's nothing more that I want than for Him to take those things and put it as far as the East is from the West. I want more than anything to put those things behind me today. But how do I get there? How do I start? How do I begin that process? And it brings us to the last point this morning. First of all, you got to start with the Lord. You got to whatever's wrong between you and him, you need to make it right. As I mentioned just a few minutes ago, David said, "Search me, O God." And listen, if you pray that prayer, listen, there are things probably we know already. We don't we don't even need the Holy Spirit convicting us even though he will. We don't even we know what it is. We know where the shortcomings are in our life. So I encourage you to make things right with him. I'm going to tell you how to wipe the slate clean. Only the blood of Jesus can do that, but I want to tell you how you can have a, a wonderful conscience. I want, I want to tell you how you can have peace with God. That There's nothing like having the peace of God. When you become born again, washed in his blood... When you become a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus,
0: he gives you the peace of God. But we not only need the peace of God, we need peace with God.
1: And I want to help you this morning. I want to teach you how you can have this peace with God. You've got to first start with making things right with him. Sometimes we may feel that we want the Lord to just simply wink our way and to pretend with us like we pretend with Him. Sometimes we just want God to pretend with us that things are are okay when we know that things are really not okay. You know, here's the thing. Brother David touched a little bit on this in Sunday school today. Well we we can we can take out our pad and our pencil right now and we can we can make these New Year's resolutions. We can say this all day long. From daylight to dark. I promise you, God, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I promise you, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I promise you that I'm gonna start doing this. I haven't been doing it, God, but I promise you I'm gonna start. We can take our pad and pen out, and we can write a bunch of stuff
0: down. But let me caution you today, don't make the Lord a bunch of past broken promises. Don't
1: give him a bunch of unrealistic New Year's resolutions. Just simply get things right with him. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So getting things right with God, it starts with confession. It starts with repentance. It starts with getting back to his word, to reestablish a fervent prayer life, to make your church attendance a high priority, to be honest with your stewardship. And listen, number two,
0: It's not only getting things right with him, but number two, getting things right with your brothers and sisters. You know, as a pastor of over 40 years, and especially in
1: one place, you see a lot, you hear a lot, you feel a lot, you hurt a lot, you cry a lot, you pray a lot.
0: When this one gets out of sorts with this one, this one gets out of sorts with that one. And, and I've seen it through the years. You, you could cut some tension with a knife.
1: I've seen people sit on this side looking this way.
0: She better not look at me again. And let me tell you,
1: and we and we sing songs. David leads us in singing. We stand, Rhea leads us in praise. The Lord. We stand and sing these songs. I'm thine, O Lord. And but listen, how fake and phony can that stuff be? If we stand and sing songs like all to Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give, and we have all against our brother. You know, you know how to work this out. You don't need to put it on Facebook. I despise Facebook. I don't have a Facebook. She does. <laughs> I pray for her all the time. <laughs> but listen, you get you get something gets a spoke in the wheel gets broke. You know. Listen, let's get real with this. It, we don't we don't need a bunch of facades. here's the thing
0: if If you get mad at her, you don't need to tell ten other people about it. If you get mad at her, you don't need to put it on Facebook You know what you need to do somewhere where there's not a crowd. You need to say, my sister, can I talk with you for a minute? I don't quite understand what happened. Is there a way we can pray together? Is there a room where we can go and and try to talk this thing out? And let me ask you, what? What would God be more pleased with? So here's the thing.
1: There are three critical things here, wiping your slate clean and starting
0: over. And point number five is this number one, make peace with God. Number two, make peace with your brothers and sisters. But number three, Make peace with your past. I want you to think about that. Because
1: that devil, he will come to you day and night tormenting you. But listen carefully. He will say what you used to do. Listen, you've been there and done these things. God cannot use you. God cannot speak to you. God cannot feel you. God cannot work in you. But I want you to know that there is a way that you can focus on the victories of your life rather than the defeats and the discouragement of your life. The devil would like nothing more than to keep your life
0: shackled in the chains of misery of yesterday. Let me say this. Life does come with sufferings. It does come with
1: trials. It does come with failures. It does come with disappointments. It does come with testings. And what we have to do as believers, we have to figure out, we have to learn how to navigate our spiritual life through all of that maze of misery. Paul said this. He said, I know how to be abased. I know how to be humble. And he said, I also know how to abound. You think about a man that had troubles and trials in his past. You you look at his life before the Damascus Road episode where he met the Lord Jesus. You look at him as he's casting his clothes, his coat at the feet of Stephen who was being stoned to death for the gospel. You look at
0: him with a past, a horrible past. And I'm sure there are times that he had,
1: after that Damascus Road episode with the Lord Jesus, I'm sure he was frustrated with himself. And he had probably nightmares. He had to figure it out. He had to wrestle with it. He had to deal with it. Some of the most painful frustrations we have in our life is, A past we feel like we cannot erase. And Paul had a terrible one himself. But I will tell you this. He he knew how to be humble. He knew how to be abased, as the word says in the New Testament. He says, I know how to abound as well. But let me assure you of something today that Paul figured out, that Paul came to the realization with, And that is this,
0: no matter what your past is, never forget who you are in Christ. I want you to think about
1: that today. The, the devil may accuse you day and night. He may try to torment you day and night. But if you are saved, I give you this last verse of this morning's message. If you are saved and you're washed in the blood and the devil's coming to you and tormenting you with the wild days of yesterday and your past and you just wish to God it never happened, you you pull the shade over your eyes and, and you sweat at night and you lose sleep, you can change all of that. You can put all of that behind you. Listen to this. You just remember who you are in Christ. The psalmist said this, he pulled me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. He established my goings. He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. When the devil comes and says to you, look what you did. Look what you said. Look what you thought. Listen, you just remind him who you are somebody say amen if you allow the pain of your past to enslave you you will never enjoy your purpose that God has for you our musicians come forward if you don't make peace with your past the devil will
0: always use it against you. If you don't make peace with your past, how do you do it? Make peace with God. Make peace with your brothers and sisters. Make peace with your past. Here's what you just need to remember. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath its flood.
1: Oh, the Holy Ghost didn't inspire the songwriter to say we'll have to drag around a ball and chain the rest of their life. Too bad. The Holy Spirit of God moved the heart of the songwriter that led him to pen these words. And sinners plunge
0: beneath its flood. Lose all the guilty stains. Oh, I got a lot of guilty stains in my life.
1: All to God, I wish that I didn't but I got a truckload of guilty stains in my life. But I'll tell you what, I got a bigger God than the bigger stain. I got more grace than I do of heartbreak. And God takes all of that Those sinners plunge beneath its flood. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We all have sinned. But guess what? We all have access to the same Holy Spirit, the same love of God, the same fountain filled with blood, and what we did yesterday in the blood of Jesus. Listen, hey, let the devil say what he wants to say, but I've got victory over him because I'm not what I used to be. Thank God I am now set for heaven. Amen. Make peace with God. Make peace with one another. And make peace with your past.
0: You listen to Pastor Tony Kahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.